he gets himself into like a lot of trouble, it seems. Oh, hold on. <laughs> Sorry. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Welcome to Feeling It, a podcast where we discuss TV, movies, pop culture, and whether or not we are feeling it. If this is your first time joining us. Welcome to the show. And here we go. Come on, walk and talk. All right, here we go. You guys want to hear something neat? It's showtime. Hold your ears, folks. Here we go. Take your position. All right, ladies, buckle up. Let's do this. Hold on to your butts. Seriously? Listen to me very, very carefully. Hey, it's me again. Eat him up. Enjoy. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to Feeling It. Each week on this show, we like to share what pieces of pop culture we're really feeling. Whatever show, movie, song, or tech, we just can't get out of our heads. In addition to those picks, this week we'll be discussing the latest entry into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Captain Marvel. But before we get started with all of that, let's introduce ourselves. And when we do, let's answer the question, what's an incredibly specific memory or detail from the first half of your life that you would share to someone to prove you're not a squirrel? (laughs) I'm Lucas Wright, a designer in Chicago, and um, a specific detail is that the first mixtape that I got, what the first song on the first mixtape that I got was absolutely "Story of a Girl" by Nine Days. I love that song. <laughs> it's such a good song, and I'll never forget it. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, well, mine is also music related. I am Sandra Amstutz. I'm a social media manager in Nashville, Tennessee, and um, as I shared recently on Twitter. Um, When I was in the third grade, I performed in my talent show a lip-synced rendition of Poor Unfortunate Souls from The Little Mermaid with a handmade octopus costume that my grandmother made me. And it's one of the highlights of my life. So I wish there was video evidence of this. <laughs> you know, I was asking my mom the other day, I don't even know if we have a picture, which is truly a oh tragedy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But yeah, there's that. I could, I could start to sing it on command if, if someone needed to prove <laughs> that I was a human. Um, Lucas, before we get to talking more about Captain Marvel and the space logic in, in, in it, um, I want to know, what are you feeling this week? Um, this week, I'm feeling a song by a producer. His He goes by Lav, <laughs> um, L-A-U-V. Um, he is, uh, I, I think, a pretty new producer, um, and he's been dating uh, Julia Michaels, um, who's one of my favorite singer-songwriters right now. Um, really, really fantastic stuff. And she um, did a feature on one of his songs um, called There's No Way, and this song is bopping. But there's no way that it's not So for me, this song can fit any occasion. Um, it's a good, it's got a good beat, so you can kind of dance to it. Um, it can just be something that you listen to while you're driving, while you're, uh, me and my wife painted part of our house last night, and we, we, this was on repeat. Um, it just works perfectly for both situations, so I love it. Yeah, I love it too. 
Um, he's not just a producer, right? He's also a vocalist. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So I was first. I call him a producer because he doesn't actually play any instruments, <laughs> but he but he does. Yeah, he does sing um, and write all of all of his songs. Okay. So. Gotcha. Um, I was first made aware of him because he did a collaboration with one of my faves, Troy Sivan. Um, he and Troy yes. Sivan came up with a song called I'm So Tired that I was really into. Yeah, I think he's really, really great. Um, in setting this up today, I Googled and found out, found out that him and Julia Michaels broke up, um, oh. which is my first piece piece of, uh, of, of pop culture news yeah. of, the, of the week. <laughs> um, I forget who I also found out that, oh, man, who is it? Oh man, I feel like it was somebody big. I found out somebody was dating or oh, you was found married out about or Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson on this podcast. I did find out about that. I'm talking like this week. Oh, like I, I found out something else super big. Um, but I don't remember. It doesn't oh, matter. <laughs> I really want to find out, Lucas, because you so rarely dive into the I know, realms of celebrity I gossip. I I do now know about Kate Beckinsale and um, Pete Davidson. Yeah, that's that's um, exciting. That it's not. It's one of the most depressing things. This is her. This is her midlife crisis. She didn't. She that's didn't buy a sports true. car. That she started true. dating Pete okay, Davidson. Okay, hold on. We're, it's, if, it is. Let's get into this because this is not like the <laughs> first young guy Kate Beckinsale has dated. Okay, this isn't. Like, oh, I know that. I know that. This is just the worst young guy she's dated. What even against <laughs> Pete Davidson? Um, look at him. He looks like a he looks like a dirty muppet. <laughs> Lucas, you don't understand how intensely attractive Pete Davidson is. See, I hear that. I hear that from very specific people. Yeah. <laughs> but not the people that I trust. <laughs> no, no, no. He he really is. And like um he I heard that he has a joke in a movie that's coming out about um, he, he like has a sense of humor about his looks. Like he has a joke about how he's like hot, but in a Steve Buscemi kind of way. Gosh. Um, and which I think is a great joke, but it like, is, you're familiar with the, the term BDE, right? That came, that became popular this past summer. Wait, what is it? BDE. BDE. Not familiar with it. Oh yes, 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 yes. Big yes. dick energy. Yes. Okay. That took me a long time. Are we, are we still saying that? I didn't, I thought we were past that. I don't past it for sure but like it was a thing okay but that originated because of p davidson like he is the originator now he didn't make it up but like people made up the phrase to describe his energy okay like he there's just there's a thing about him that is so alluring and attractive um and yeah i'm like so excited for this relationship i cannot believe we are talking about this yeah yeah i uh okay i'll tie it back to like real pop culture not just celebrity gossip um, but he has a really great bit on SNL this past week that references his relationship with Kate Beckinsale. I highly encourage people to go look it up. It was on Weekend Update. It's preceded by a bit about R. Kelly and Michael Jackson that isn't mm. bad, but it's not great in my opinion. It's kind of like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I'm not on board with his like bit, but, yeah. um, at the very end, he concludes it with, you know, Colin Jost makes a reference. He was like, hey, I heard you're dating someone new. And he has this really great joke about, he was like, oh, yeah, I hear. I'm just going to spoil the joke right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he did, he's like, oh, well, yeah, I hear people are, you know, have some questions about, you know, the age gap between me and my girlfriend. He's like, I'm kind of new to this. So I'm not really a good person to ask these questions. If you really want to, if you really have questions, you should ask. And then he proceeds to like do this huge list: Leonardo DiCaprio, Michael Douglas, da 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 da. And he lists this huge yeah. list of men that 
are middle-aged men or, or older that are dating 20-something women. Um, so a great, I think, piece of satire and a, a joke about that. So um, Sounds hilarious when you retell it on a podcast, Oh, I know. I'm really, sure. really funny. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm sure I did it complete justice. But <laughs> it, it's worth looking up. I will um, definitely, I will definitely check it out. I will definitely look into all this Pete Davidson stuff that everybody's so into. But I mean, actually, I, we're, we're, this isn't going to be the last we talk about him, Lucas, because I heard he has an incredible film that came out at Sundance this year. So I wouldn't be surprised if I like, heard that as well. We yep. talk about his movie. So, yeah. All right. Sounds good. Okay. Well, Sandra, what are you feeling this week? <laughs> well. I was almost feeling something very celebrity gossipy, but I'm saving it for a future week. So be on oh, the gosh. lookout for that, Lucas. Um, <laughs> instead, I'm going to talk about how I'm feeling a show I've talked about before, but it's just particularly been good lately. It's the family sitcom on ABC called Speechless. Um, there's, it's hard. I, I'm only bringing it up because this past week, the recent, the most recent episode was just so ridiculously good. And it wasn't like a tentpole episode. It wasn't like, oh, they did something like big and crazy. Like, you know, like when Community would have like this, their big episodes where a Halloween episode or something spectacular happened. It was a very average, normal episode in, in the grand scheme of things. But something about the heart and the comedy was just hitting for me on every single level, every single moment. Um, the show, if you're not familiar with it, is a family sitcom about this family that doesn't have a lot of money. They're kind of a ragtag bunch. Um, and their eldest, the eldest son in the family is disabled. He has several palsy. He's in a wheelchair. He doesn't have much use of his arms. He... Um, and he can't speak. He he has a, a board full of words and letters that he uses to communicate with people. And the family hires a guide for him to be his voice, to read his board and help him communicate with people. And it's a pure comedy while also being like a really thoughtful look at what it's like to be a family with a disabled member in it, um, in 2019. And, um, I, I really love it. It makes me laugh so hard. Um, my standout players on this show are the parents. Minnie Driver, who has always been incredible, but in this show, I feel like she's just, she hits her stride every episode. Like, she's just totally. truly the star because she's so funny and thoughtful and um, and she gives every joke her all. Um, and then I also really adore John Ross Bowie as the dad. He was an actor who, before this show, was kind of like, oh, yeah, that guy. You see him, like, as a small character in a movie or a side character in a TV show, and you just kind of, like, remembered his face, but nothing, not much else. And then, then in this show, he's just, like, one, he's, like, achieved, like, crush status for me of, like, TV dads. But also, <laughs> he, like is incredibly funny and weird. The show gets a lot of its like like weird jokes out of his character. You know, he has like this this grunge band phase that like keeps reappearing. He um is the breadwinner of the family, but he, you know, manages the baggage at an airport and it's and it's a joke and it's a job that is like 
just not a job that is often from like the main breadwinner of a family on a TV show, which I really appreciate. Um, there's so much about his character that like I'm drawn to and the show does a really good job of like keeping him fresh and weird and interesting while also being like a stable, loving dad. Um, and I just love the show so much. And it saddens me that I feel like in our Twitter circles or our social circles, we don't really have a lot of people talking about family sitcoms as like peak TV, prestige TV, you know? Um, if, if anyone ever actually even tr- includes comedy in that conversation, it's usually something like Schitt's Creek, which I adore. Um, but I think there's a place for like the network family TV sitcom. And if you, this is the, the one that you really should be committing to of all of them, in my opinion. Yeah. So I, I love this show. Um, I don't think it has like the urgency that makes people talk about it on like Twitter and stuff totally. like that. Yeah. Um, and it also doesn't have the urgency to make me like need to come back to it like immediately. And so I'm behind on it. Sure. Um, but we absolutely love this show and we definitely need to get caught up, but it's, it's so much fun and it's, Truly lovely. Like you said, Minnie Driver is fantastic. She is, I think this is definitely one of her best roles. Like yeah. absolutely getting to just completely show her range on this show is fantastic. Totally. Another thing I know, Linda Holmes on Twitter posted about how one of the great things about the show is when it first started, you know, it's really about like, what is it like to be parents of a disabled child? And what is it like to like have a disabled brother? And what is it like to be a disabled like teen in America today? Um, and now, as the show has like been on for a couple of years, and the characters are getting older, it's a really interesting look at what it's like to you've been spent your entire life dedicated to raising and providing this child with all these special needs, and now he's growing up and moving on, and he's about to maybe go to college. and And what is your what does your life as a parent look like? during the, that transition. And that's a really interesting story. And so I, I love the, the directions that this show is heading in. All right, um, let's move on to our in or out segment. Are you in or out? You will soon find out what it's all about. There are a bunch of trailers out right now because South by Southwest just started. So a lot of really interesting movies that are premiering there, um, we're getting to see trailers for and, and getting to hear buzz about. So Lucas, I have a few, some that are South by related, some that aren't that I want to run by you. All right. Okay. Have you seen the trailer for Booksmart, Olivia Wilde's directorial debut? I have. This stars... Um, Caitlin Deaver. Yes, who is amazing. Um, she was in Short Term 12, who I yeah, ab- I really absolutely good. love everybody in that movie, and I assume everybody in that movie will eventually be an Oscar winner. Um, yeah. But I think this is, her, this is her first step on that road. And then it also stars... Uh, what's her name? Uh, Beanie Feldstein. Yes, who is uh, Jonah Hill's sister. I have to um, interrupt you really quick. There's a great variety article out right now where the critic says and then Beanie Feldstein who looks like she could be Jonah Hill's younger cousin and has the physical <laughs> comedy to match that is hilarious <laughs> yeah um, anyway continue <laughs> they are both very very funny people and in this movie they are hilarious like, or in this trailer they are hilarious um, for anyone who, who hasn't seen the book smart trailer we should probably give a, a 
brief synopsis. It yes. seems like super bad, but with like um, book smart type A girls. Yes. Um, who are what who high school is over and they want to have one wild night because they've commit they they haven't had one their entire high school careers exactly um yeah. like this this kind of movie is not my jam not at all like uh i, I didn't like super bad <laughs> um i right. was i'm not interested in these types of movies but this movie looks like a lot of fun. It's, it still doesn't look like something I'm absolutely going to love, but it's something I'm definitely excited about to, to see. And I've heard really good things about it yeah. so far. This movie is definitely my type of jam. It's right up your alley, um, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> especially when it's about two teenage girls. As everyone knows, one of my favorite movies of the 2018 was about two teenage girls having a wild time. Um, but these type of girls, whereas... The movie that I loved in 2018, Never Loved, Never, Never Going Back, <laughs> um, Never Going Back was about two teenage girls that, like, were very far from who I was in high school, like, wild and stoners and, and you know, um, the girls in Booksmart are exactly who I was in high school, <laughs> and so I just, like, cannot wait, um, for, yeah, for this movie. I think it's gonna be a blast, um. And I'm just really, really excited. Beanie Feldstein is someone who I, in everything I've seen her in, I've adored. And um, I, I hope that this movie makes her into a huge star. Yeah, I hope so. Um, all right. And it has a great supporting cast. It has Jason Sudeikis. It has... Um, Lisa Kudrow. Lisa Kudrow. Um, Will Forte. Will, Will Forte, thank you. Um, just a lot of, like, great, big comedy supporting players. Yeah. So, um yeah, I, I have high, high hopes for this one. Okay, in a similar vein, we have the trailer for Good Boys. Now, have you seen this Red Band trailer? I have. Um, if we want to give a synopsis, it's like super bad, but <laughs> for kids who just got out of elementary school and want to have a wild, crazy time before middle school. <laughs> yeah, but, the, but it's definitely like very rated R. Like, Oh, yeah. It's, it's super bad, but for little boys, but still rated R. Yes. Um, this stars, yeah. I think the, of the like the three boys, the only famous one is Jacob Tremblay um, from right. Room fame. Um, I don't yeah, know the other two. His first stab at like wild comedy versus right. searing emotional drama. Yes. <laughs> um, this I am very unsure about this movie. Again, but as I said about the previous one, this is not my jam. Um, the, but it, I mean, it looks funny. It, the, I liked the trailer. Um, it does not look like something I'm going to be interested in at all. I'm out. Sure. We should also say that um, Booksmart is produced by Will Ferrell and Adam McKay, but Good Boys is produced by Seth Rogen, who, you know, did create Superbad. So, like, when we say Superbad but Little Boys, true, this is very much yes. so, because yeah. Seth Rogen is producing this movie. And... Again, I'm in because I like these kind of movies. I like a dirty <laughs> joke. I like Seth Rogen's movies. I, this trailer made me laugh really hard. Um, I don't think it looks as charming as Booksmart does. I don't think it looks as like right. um, deftly handled. It looks like Booksmart, I think, is going to go for like uh, a smarter joke, maybe a more like emotionally nuanced joke, but mm -hmm. still like a funny, like over the top. Whereas right. good good boys, I keep wanting to call it little boys. <laughs> good boys <laughs> yeah. is, is gonna go for like 
the sex toy is stuck on a car joke. Like it's right. gonna, it's, it's gonna be pretty broad. Yeah, very much so. But I'm on board for that, so <laughs> I'm excited for this one. Um, I it reminded me of how much I loved. I don't think it'll be as good as this, but like it reminded me of how much I loved the trailer for Neighbors when the first trailer for Neighbors came mm, out. Yes, yes. I remember I watched that trailer a million times. Um, and so yeah, I'm I'm. I'm looking forward to, I'm all on board for like big studio movie comedies. Like those yeah. need to come back and here we are. Yeah. Okay. Next South by Southwest trailer that was just released is the art of self-defense. It stars Jesse Eisenberg playing sort of like a timid self-conscious man who is a very f- afraid in the world. And he starts taking karate classes Um, to kind of like make him less afraid of other men in the world and in in doing so kind of gets wrapped up in maybe some exciting or scary stuff. Yeah, we just got a teaser trailer, so we don't don't get too much, but it looks very interesting. I think Jesse Eisenberg is a weird actor. I'm like very interested in like the interesting roles that he takes. Um, And this, this is a... I don't know. This is this is a role that I'm like I'm not entirely sure if he's like going to be a psychopath or if he's going to be um, I don't know just a guy who who learns not to be afraid or what. But uh, I'm very interested in this movie. Yeah, I'm seeing some Twitter buzz about it. First of all, I should say Jesse Eisenberg is like truly one of my all time favorite actors. Some someone on Twitter, a critic that has seen this movie, said that this movie like makes use of him in one of the best ways that like any movie ever has, makes use of him and his talents. So that has to be very excited. And then I saw the director on Twitter who he basically said, he's like, look, if you saw this teaser trailer and like are in, don't watch any other trailers. He says, because there's a lot of fun things in this movie that will surprise you. And we go in a lot of fun different directions. And if you're in, you're like just just be in and don't watch anything else. Um, and so I really appreciated that piece of advice, and I'm going to take heed of it because I'm definitely in on this movie. Um, I think the trailer seems a little bit more eerie, and I have this sense that there's also some more comedy in the movie yeah. than like than we actually get to see in, in the full trailer. Um, so yeah, I'm on board, and I I I wouldn't be surprised. I'm calling it out right now. I wouldn't be surprised if this movie made my top ten of the year. I I just have a good a good feeling about it. Wow, calling it early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely in. I'm not gonna watch any trailers either. Great. Let's do it. Um, we'll do an episode about it when I when it finally comes out. <laughs> um, and then to round up this segment, um, something very much not South by Southwest, um, but kind of ties into uh our main topic. We had the trailer for Dark Phoenix. Well, I guess kind of like what's possibly the final installment in this latest X-Men franchise. Um, Sophie Turner plays Jean Grey and all the X-Men are afraid of her because she's a Dark Phoenix. <laughs> um, have you seen this trailer, Lucas? Yeah, I, I have seen this trailer. <laughs> yeah. Um, How do you feel I, about I, it? I, it, this is weird because I think this is the first time that we've just seen the same storyline told over again in superhero movies. Um, yeah. I feel like with the amount of superhero movies, it was going to happen eventually where we just totally just redid it. But um, And the X-Men have, have kind of bounced around it a little bit because they have kind of rebooted the franchise and started it over with younger people. Um, but it was kind of more like a timeline thing. And this seems to be completely just going off, off book and there is no 
chrono chrono it's not chronologically in place with the original movies at all and we're seeing the dark phoenix story that happened in the third movie happen again in i don't even know what movie this is eighth whatever um yeah which i'm fine with go ahead and retell it i just don't like it (laughs) it's a I don't know. It's to me this kind of story where a young woman realizes she has powers and everybody's afraid of her and she ends up destroying everybody kind of a thing. I don't know. It's not something I'm I'm interested in. I thought the trailer was cut well. I like most of the actors in it. I don't like them in these roles. Um uh what's what's her name? Um who Jennifer plays Mystique? Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence has been doing this for way too long. I'm so tired of her in this movie in these movies. Um, I feel like she also is tired of being won't in these movies. See her for a long time in this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so this is I, I'm not pumped about it. I'm ready for James McAvoy to do something else. I'm ready for Michael Fassbender to do something else. I'm I'm kind of done. Let's wrap it yeah. up. Yeah. Um, I feel a little bit the same. I I am ready for this to conclude, but I do like these movies and I do like these actors in these roles, Um, especially James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender. I love their dynamic with each other and them as these characters. Um, That's something in like the original X-Men movies. I don't think we ever got enough of. It was always like so much Wolverine. And I was like, I don't really care about Wolverine. I care about like these two old men that are clearly in love with each other. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And and so the, the new movies really give you a lot more of that, which really works for me. Um, And so, yeah, I'm interested in this movie. I think one of the most appealing things about this trailer is Jessica Chastain as the villain. I keep forgetting Um, she's even in this this movie. (laughs) Yeah. To me, her, like, as, like, dark, you know, Charles Xavier, as, like, this feminine dark energy, like, come, you know, Darth Vader, come to the dark side, like, you're very powerful vibe is, um, really does it for me. And so... I'm yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I don't have high expectations of it. Yeah. I'm not expecting it to be like this great movie, but it is something it'll be nice to have hopefully some sort of a conclusion to all of this X-Men madness. It's yeah. it's weird to be an X-Men fan because this is the first movie I feel like I can fully enjoy like without any guilt, the Brian Singer like guilt. Yeah. <laughs> it's like laden all over these movies. Um and so, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. Speaking of superhero movies with a female lead, let's get into our Captain Marvel review. <laughs> let's do it. documented on this podcast that you and i are all in on the marvel movies you know like oh yeah we're committed viewers if they're gonna put one out we're gonna go see it um so 
we knew we were going to go see this movie, but what was your level of excitement or anticipation for Captain Marvel leading up to it? With it, with a, with all, like most of the standalone movies, I try to go in knowing as little as possible. Uh, I'll definitely like watch the trailer or whatever, but I'm not like I, I feel like there's a lot broadcast about this is what the story's going to be about and this is who's involved in it. And so like I didn't know like which characters would show up. I knew Samuel Jackson was going to be there. I knew it would start Brie Larson. Um, um, uh, that's, that's really it going in. Um, I knew, knew it was a nineties movie. So I, it was, for me, it was very fun to just go in, not blind, but I feel like more blind than I am for like the big Avenger movies where you just can't help but hear absolutely everything about them. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so this, it was, it was fun. I enjoyed, I enjoyed that here. Yeah. And I remember when they were doing the casting, you had some opinions about, like Brie Larson and like who should be Captain Marvel. Yeah, right? not not Brie Larson is was my right. opinion. Um <laughs> I love Brie Larson. I think she's a fantastic actress. Absolutely. I think she is not she's very uh, skinny and small and and slight and not not like in a in a I guess bad way, but I I, get, I I think I think in in my head Captain Marvel is more of a like Serena Williams type person, like like truly like a Superman counterpart. Yeah. Um and so I was just kind of annoyed that they're like, yeah, let me, let's, let's get the skinny girl. <laughs> right. Or even like an Emily Blunt in Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, true. Like, just someone with some like muscles. Cut. Like, let's, let's, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And so it, yeah. So that, that, yeah, that was my opinion. Like, when was this? Like years ago when it was cast? <laughs> so, right. I feel like it was so long ago. Um, yeah. And, and at this point, I feel like they've done a great job of just kind of like, like boosting her up and making her a, a movie star with this movie. And... I thought she was great. I like I I really did like her in this in this role. Again, I wish she'd worked out more. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> for me that's just a just just a personal choice. But Yeah, I um leading up to this movie, I was looking forward to it because it's another Marvel movie and it's their Marvel's first movie with like a female lead, which is crazy but also exciting. Um and I liked the first trailer a lot. I loved the moment where she like punches the old lady on the bus in the oh, first yeah. trailer. Uh, I thought that movie like set up a really fun tone for what this film could be. And then every other trailer that I happened to see didn't excite me that much. It <laughs> felt kind of like a standard, I don't know. It, it didn't, there wasn't anything unique about them that like really drew me in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's just get into how we felt. Um, All right. I'm going to start us off and just say that like, I had a really great time at this movie. When I was watching it, I was like, oh, this is so fun. I'm loving it. Um, but for me, it had a little bit of the solo effect in mm -hmm. that while I was watching it, I was like, this is great. I'm loving watching this. So having a lot of fun. And then as soon as I left the theater, it's like, hmm, so what did I like about that movie? <laughs> and, and, and in the past few days, it's like, I don't have anything, I don't have much bad to say about it. Um, but I also think it's just a okay, good, not great, fun movie. Yeah. Um, which I think is different than bad because sometimes a lot of people, if, what frustrates me is when people, if something isn't great, they think it's bad. And that's just not the case. Um, there is a wide realm in between bad and great. And I think this movie falls somewhere in there. Yeah, I, I, I would say it's good. I, I, I definitely liked it. Um, I think anytime you get a prequel, you are going to get some of that. 
Yeah, when you said solo, I thought you meant a little bit more of the like, let me answer questions that you didn't have um, kind of vibe. There's um, a lot of that too, th- yeah. There is. And I just think that's a prequel thing. Like you just, it's it's going to happen. Um, I'm not a fan of it, but it just is what it is. So <laughs> you're just, um, I absolutely loved that this is a an origin story that doesn't follow the traditional beats of an origin story. I'm glad they, um, you know, they didn't show you, here's this woman and she she has these issues and then she gets these powers and she has to learn how to deal with her powers. And um, it, it, it like that traditional narrative is definitely overworked in the MCU and I'm glad they didn't go there. Now, what they did instead decide to do is uh, make it very difficult to follow. And we'll get into more of this in spoilers, but I think the, the beginning of this movie is um, not confusing, but I think... I, I'm trying to think of the right word because because I wasn't confused by it, but I was just I think off put by exactly what it is that they're trying to tell me. Yeah, a lot of it is spoilery, but yeah, right. I'm trying to think of a way to describe it without spoiling it. Yeah, <laughs> there, there's a certain um, vibe in the very beginning that I was nervous was going to be the whole movie, and it was a vibe that I was not interested in. Let's just Agreed. say that. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I definitely want to come back to this in spoilers, but I think, right. I think, yeah, I, I think it was a brave choice to to do something different, and I don't entirely think that that worked. Um, I think one of the things that I absolutely loved about it was Samuel Jackson um, from the '90s. The de aging yeah. effect worked f- amazing, and it was it's scary how well that that worked. <laughs> I mean, I didn't even think about it. When yeah, I was watching yeah, the it. whole That's time. How well, it worked. You, you, you truly feel like that is him. Like he's there. The one time that I got brought out of it, and I think someone else brought this up on Twitter, but there's a there's one point where he he jogs a little bit, and you're like, mm, that's not the age of him. <laughs> Just based on that jogging, he's definitely older than what he looks like right now. <laughs> that's really funny. I didn't pick that up. Yeah. but like, I'm sure that's all I'll he does. Be able this to notice he does now, this little old man jog for a second, and you're just like, oh, oh yeah, I forgot you're old. Um, he's like, what is he? Seventy something? Like, well, here's the thing: is that like. He's not supposed. To, I, I'm very curious about how much they de-aged him because, like, what it's the <laughs> '90s, so it's 30 years ago. How yeah. old is Samuel Jackson now? Samuel Jackson is 70 years old, so he really is only supposed to be like 40 in this movie. He's yes. not supposed to be like 20 or no, so. No, right? Know? Which I think worked really well because he, like, he he feels 40. Um, he's not supposed yeah. to be this super young person, but he also like never feels 70 except for that jog. But. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a I think it's a really good way of de aging. Um, right. uh, now there's another character that that it happens to as well in this movie that I'm uh, I don't think worked as well. Um, I think p- probably because he's not as famous of an actor and you don't have a lot of like reference photos of him very probably. young. See, um, people are, are mentioning that, but uh, to me it worked fine. I didn't again. I don't I think it, I don't problems. think it was terrible. I just think he's supposed to be what like in his twenties at in in this movie, and it's I think oh, it's I see. it's much more difficult. He didn't look in his twenties. <laughs> it's yeah, much yeah, more yeah. difficult to de age somebody that much. Because um, what is fair, he? He's, that actor doesn't I, th- I bet didn't even look like he was in his 20s when he was in his 20s i feel like he has <laughs> like kind of like like he's always looked like his age does that make yeah, sense like yeah, there's some guys that just like always look old yeah yeah <laughs> yeah maybe that's true um that on him. Anyway. yeah so i i thought that worked well i thought that i thought the relationship between brie larson and, and samuel jackson is a lot of fun um uh, i love a lot of spoilery stuff in this movie that I don't want to talk about yet. Um, a lot of characters. Um, sure. I, I I had a lot of fun with it. I think there are some 
there's a lot of ways you could make this movie a lot better and more, um, I guess, connect more with the audience. I don't think I don't I don't think you felt for her the entire movie. Um, I, th- I think there there were some good emotional beats, um, but I don't think you were like as invested in her journey as you could have been um, because of some plot issues that we'll talk about. <laughs> yeah, there. You know, after seeing this, I remember before this movie when you talked about how like you wouldn't cast Brie Larson in this role, like there mm-hmm. you had other picks. And I, me being like, I don't know, Lucas, Brie Larson's pretty great. Like, she's, like, an amazing actress. I'm sure it's going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> um, after seeing this movie, Brie Larson isn't bad, of course. Brie Larson's right. great. But I have to agree with you that, like, I don't think she's really perfect for this role. Yeah. Um, there's something about her, and, and not just her, but also her styling in this movie that mm-hmm. didn't work really well for me. Um. I'm trying here. Here's what I want to say, but I don't want it to come across in the wrong way is what I want to say is that like this rendition of this character felt, I wish it was a little bit like more butch, you know? Right. Um, Exactly. And the problem is like, I don't love the idea of saying like, Oh, well she's too girly. I wish she was more masculine because that makes it seem like, you know, like, you can't have a feminine superhero. But well, I don't really mean that. What I really mean is that this character seems to be, like, very athletic, very, like, you know, rough and tough. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that this performance was either of those things. And, um, and like, this is, like, a, a silly, simple thing. But it really does make a difference, especially as a woman watching it. It's really weird. This happens in a lot of movies. So this isn't just Captain Marvel's fault, but it's very noticeable in this movie. The like her hair is like so perfectly styled and always like down. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that character would wear her hair back. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. That character <laughs> hair her hair would be in a ponytail. Like because if you're going into battle, like you wouldn't just have your hair just like in beautiful curls blowing <laughs> around your face. It's just kind of silly. Like, yeah. And, and I know that like every movie has like the female character with her hair down during the fight scenes because that's like, because you know, women look good with their hair down. And so, like, that's what we're going to do. But there's something about it in this movie in particular where it just felt so false. And, yeah. and, and I don't know. I just, part of me is a little sad that like, we can have a, a movie about like a woman that's like a pilot and, and the air force and like, and, and is a superhero and it's like super powerful, but like we can't have enough sense to like pull her hair back. I don't know. And it's th- that just like really struck a tone with me about like why this character didn't feel 100% right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, again, I don't want to make it seem like we're we're too hard on her. Like I, totally. I, I think I think Brie Larson's fantastic. I think I, I again liked this movie. Um, I just yes. think that is a, that's a small nitpick for me. That's just kind of like, oh, it, man, I wish you could have done better there. Right. So. It's definitely a nitpick because there was plenty of times during this movie where I really liked her and mm-hmm. I loved what was happening. We can talk more about that in spoilers. Um, and so yes, it is a nitpick, um, but it is one that prevented this movie from being. It made it be an okay, good Marvel movie because most of them are. Um, it prevented it from being like a great Marvel movie that I adored. 
you know. I th- yeah, I think this is, and I'm I'm hoping this is true, but I think this is one of the situations like with Thor, where you cast Liam Hemsworth and you kind of force him into this role, Chris Hemsworth. and then he, yes. What did I call him? Liam. I called him Liam Hemsworth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you cast Liam Hemsworth and then you change it to Chris Hemsworth. Um, right. <laughs> but you put him in this role that he doesn't really fit in and he starts to mold it into something that is, I think, more real and more fits that that character that we want to see. And I would yeah. love it if, if that started to happen um, with Brie Larson. It's just, did I say Larson? I don't no, know what said I said. Right. Okay. <laughs> You've got me. Ah, I'm all <laughs> over the place now. Um, I would love it if, if the character and her start to come together more um, in, in future movies. Um, I mean, because, like, I'm, I'm to the point, I, I think I felt this way more with Hemsworth than with um, Evans, but just that now, like, their characters are inseparable from that actor. Right. Like, it's, like right. I cannot see anybody else playing Captain America or playing Thor um, than these actors, and I would love to get to that point with, with uh, Captain Marvel. Yeah, totally. I think that's a great point. And I someone else on Twitter pointed out, like, I think we'll really be able to decide how we feel about Brie Larson as Captain Marvel in Endgame because yeah. apparently it seems like she's going to be a big part of Endgame and when you get to see her interacting with the other Avengers also I think is when we'll really get a sense of like her personality as a superhero and how that fits into the universe and so um that is that's why I think will be the big test and one I'm looking forward to Totally yeah. All right. Let's talk spoilers because I, okay. I got stuff to say here. Great. <laughs> Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Are you paying attention? It's your last chance to walk away. Let me tell you what's going to happen. No. Crack and gas. Spoilers. Remember, you wanted this. Okay. So we were referencing earlier the beginning of this movie. There's been a lot of talk about like this movie being too like military promo, you know? And so in all that discussion, I thought, man, are we going to get a lot of Air Force stuff, like a lot of Air Force training montages and like the glory of being in the Air Force. And then we actually didn't, but we did, it did open with her part of a military unit and going into like a combat zone, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, A combat zone that I was unsure about. Like, I just didn't know what was happening there. Yeah. Like on a different planet with a different uh, species, like, yes. Which yeah. is all kinds of confusing. <laughs> so when it first starts, it's like, wow, this is really just going to be a war movie, huh? Like where yeah. the very beginning is just combat, like and training for combat and then combat. Yeah. And so that wasn't like super fun for me. <laughs> I didn't I didn't mind it. I because I, I kind of liked that it starts out as a war movie as if like. This is yeah, but what I don't like war movies. And you don't. Yeah, that's I, true. You don't like war movies. <laughs> you do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I I wish we'd gotten more Air Force stuff instead. I think I think that I know. I, I, I think my big problem with an amnesia character is you don't feel for them at all because you have no connection. Like normally you're setting up an emotional connection, an emotional draw, and they don't have that about themselves because they don't remember. So, um, yeah. I think that's difficult. And I, and I do think the flashbacks that we get, um, early on when she's captured, we get some flashbacks. Um, it's a good but sequence. then it, I, I think those flashbacks are enough for us to yeah. understand what happened for the most part. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I there's a, some reveals later on, but, like, we we get it at that point. Right. Um, I think it's a really good sequence. I think it's a good blend of, like, plot stuff that'll set up, like, a big emotional, like, reveal later on. But also just, like, 
fun little fun moment. So it's like a good of like, oh, all these like things she experienced, like quote unquote, as a woman. Um, but also just like the fun, joyous moments of her life and all those things like blended together, you know? Yeah. 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 I, yeah, I, I think, I think the one thing that I didn't like about the flashbacks is that, um, we ended up being ahead of the character in the, in the, in the fact that like from the flashbacks, we understood exactly what happened and she still didn't, um, which was, I I think hard. And I was unsure how much she did understand. Um, so as she's kind of palling around with Samuel Jackson, like, does she know that she's from earth? Does she, does she like know that she's after, um, uh, you know, the person who trained her, like, what does she actually know? Well, and like all of those memories, like, did she get to see those also when they were going through? Like, does she see those memories and, like, I have think so. those in the back of her head? Like, yeah, that's what I, I also think, th- too. That's how so, I viewed it. Yeah. Um, I do want to talk about Ben Mendelsohn. I think he is uh, he is um, absolutely amazing. I love that he used his Australian accent in this. Yeah. The scroll makeup is absolutely incredible in this movie. Um I love that he feels so real and um, it's a good switch that you find out that he's not the bad guy. Um, yeah. I really, well, there's the really first, enjoyed that. Like, um, like twist where like you find out that he's a scroll. Like, yes. Before, yeah. You know, great reveal. Great mm-hmm. sinister reveal. And then there's the twist where you find out that like, he's not the villain. Um, yes. Yes. And both of them were fantastic. I like, uh-huh neither i saw neither of them coming and um i love that he gets to play so many different things in this movie like yeah (laughs) he gets to be the sinister villain he gets to be funny he gets to be emotional like a loving dad he gets to be like a hero that like gets injured he gets you know like there's so many different like beats he gets to play all in one movie yeah which is i think comes back to the brie larson stuff is i feel like he got more to do than she did like i don't feel like she played um that much of an emotional range i do i do like at the end when she finally says like my name is carol danvers like that i think is an emotional pull i think you have a lot of a lot of weight behind that but that's kind of the one instance and it's really just her kind of coming into her own at that point and that's it I don't remember when when did she exactly say that? Um when she's uh tied up with the uh, supreme intelligence and yeah. when she, when so she breaks free there. Mine is the same point but it's a different line. For me the line that like really got me is in that point where she says she's like I've been fighting with one arm tied behind my back. Like let's yeah. see what I can do now. And yeah. that is such a great line that like really it 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 encapsulates so much of this movie is like it is a metaphor for like feminism and women like it it Mm -hmm. just is and it doesn't get sadly first in some ways it doesn't get to just be a superhero movie um and but i'm also okay with it just like being a movie about like the female experience and that line like it does you know i've been fighting with one arm tied behind my back let's see what i can do now is so emotional because it is speaking for like womankind. Like we've been making our way through this world with like every system pushing us down. What could happen if like we were, if all of our resources and power were just like released, you know? Um, And so like, that was like a really, 
emotional moment for me. Yeah. Um, there's, there's one other one. We'll get to it though. Let's, let's go back to like, um, I don't, what were we talking about before that? I guess about mental. Yeah. He's just great. But yeah, no, you know, keep going, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> so I would, I would say the other one that was like a very emotional moment in like the Brie Larson slash woman journey is, um, when she like finally like stares down her like father figure, you know, um, and like this male domineering figure in her life, um, mm-hmm. she like she just says like I don't have to like prove myself to you anymore. Like that's like an, a big important moment, um, and rejecting his like need for approval, her need for his approval, and rejecting like every standard he's placed upon her in judgment. Um, it she was kind of fighting two battles. One is like coming into her own power and like removing this oppression she's had from this, you know, people. And then the other is like rejecting this like toxic emotional relationship she's been a part of. Um, Mm. And yeah. And it's something that like any woman who's had like a shitty boyfriend or a controlling judgmental father can like really relate to. So that was another big, I think, emotional arc that she. Did you see the twist with, did you see that coming? Like his, um, uh, that he's the bad guy. I mean, well, like as soon as we figured out like Ben Mendelsohn revealing himself to be sympathetic, I think that's when right. I, yeah, saw right. it coming, yeah. you know? Yeah. I, exactly. I don't think I saw it coming at the very beginning. Yeah. No, me, yeah, um, me either. Well, I, I did a little bit. I will say like, I don't know that I, I didn't predict him to be like an outright villain. Um, but at the very beginning, where they're like fighting together and he's setting up like, you got to get rid of your emotions. You're too emotional. I was very much like, Oh, well that's obviously not healthy. Not good. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, and so this movie will probably be about like her not realizing you have to reject your emotions, but embrace your emotions. You know, like it kind of like really sets up what that's going to be at the very beginning. But, um, I didn't know whether he'd be villainous or not. Just that like she would learn from this experience, you know? Yeah. Well, I think yeah. that's all I've got. <laughs> um, well, we can't leave without talking about goose. He was fun. You're not into goose. No, no, not at all. I was, I was into him. There's a little, the, the child in me was kind of delighted by that. And it's something that like, I, could see every little kid that goes to see this movie being like, I think kids will love it. Yeah. Yeah. Ghosts, you know, <laughs> um, I think that, I think it's a fun bit. Um, someone on Twitter recently shared a, a still from, um, I think it was from winter soldier, um, or, or maybe civil war. One of the two where Sam, I think it was winter soldier where Samuel L. Jackson, um, says, you know, Last time I trusted somebody, I lost it an eye, um, <laughs> and then and then a cut that to a, a, a f- picture of him and Goose, and yeah. that's really interesting to me because um, you know it's it's implied. Here I have to tell a story that like in my theater I saw this movie at seven o'clock on a Thursday in IMAX. So uh, and it, and it really was just happened like that worked out for me. So it's like why not go see it at this showtime? You know. Um, but that meant I was in a theater full of, like, the most dedicated Marvel people. You know what I mean? Like, um, every, like, there was a lot of clapping. You know, there was a lot of, people were, like, really into it. Um, and when Goose the Cat 
scratches Samuel L. Jackson's eye, there's a guy sitting directly behind me that goes, oh, that's how he lost his eye. <laughs> <laughs> he just said it right out loud. And I just want to be like, oh, oh my God. gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it had been a little that kid awesome. that had said that, I would have been endlessly yeah. charmed. That's yeah. how he lost his eye. But no, it was a full grown man. <laughs> full grown adult. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, yeah. I, I would love if Goose came into play in other movies somehow. Yeah. I think that would be really fun. And what could be also really fun, here's what I thought was going to happen um, was I thought that um, the scrolls were going to like find a place that like home on earth you know like i thought there was gonna be like okay well we're gonna like hide you in all these different little pockets of earth but you'll just like look like humans and you know like this is where you can have a home right and then it would be a really fun gag throughout all the future movies that like all of a sudden one of these people turns out to be a scroll like one of these characters in this movie that you've been watching was a scroll all along you know like I wouldn't want that to be like big characters. Like I, I wouldn't want it to no, be revealed that. Not, yeah, not like Captain America or anything. Right. But right. like, um, but no, like some agent or yes. I, I don't know, just a, a scientist, like yeah. whatever, you know, yeah. just like random like side characters. That, that could we be have. fun. And then like you know, it's just revealed like oh, they were a scroll. They've been here since the nineties, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that didn't happen. Um, but I still think there's room for it to maybe happen in some ways, you know, like I don't, the big question, oh, there's, we have a lot of questions I think about the logic of this movie, um, and the scrolls. One of the questions though is like, where has Carol Danvers been for the past 30 years? Um, and like, has she been with the scrolls this whole time? And like, are they coming back into this into the movie? Is Ben Mendelsohn coming back? Is one of my big questions because I think Ben Mendelsohn will definitely be back. (laughs) Yeah, and it's like, how do scrolls age? And like, how does Captain Marvel age? A lot of questions about that. Um, I just think there's some room for the scrolls to come back and have some fun with our human characters. Yeah, I think Captain Marvel two is going to be pretty great. I, (laughs) I I think there's a lot. I think there's a lot that can that can happen there. I don't think any of that is going to get answered in Endgame. Yeah. But we don't think that, like, we're going to find out, like, where she's been this whole time. I think we might get, like, one line that's just like, yeah. I was off doing something, you know. Right. Like, right. I don't think it's going to be answered. Yeah. But. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's really interesting. Um, we, we were also questioning, Lucas, right, the, the whole, like, prove you're not a scroll like yeah tactic <laughs> i how is that how does that work like they don't rem- like they don't know they just look like you they don't have your memories so well, it's they, just, they look what's... like you and they have your memories in the short term so yeah. like they know like if like if if someone were if someone were to pretend to be me as a scroll right so they would know like oh this is lucas like she talks to him um on the podcast like she's gonna do that today you know that kind of thing so like they know people's names and stuff but they don't know deep memories. They don't know like long-term memories. I don't think that was established well, and I don't think it's a very good way for identifying whether you're a scroll or not. Yeah, I think so there's like, some there's some better security you could do. Well, like her her big thing was like, tell me something. I guess her her thing is like, 
I guess the typical ways, if you know the person, like Lucas, if you wanted to prove that I wasn't a scroll, what the best way to do is you would ask me something that we would both know from our past. You right. Know? Yes. So you would ask me like, what class at ACU did we take together? You right. know, and and then I would tell you. Um. But if you don't know the person, so like she doesn't know Samuel L. Jackson, she yeah. doesn't know Nick Fury, and like they don't have a relationship, she says, give me something very specific, you know, that only you could know. That but like anybody could make that up. <laughs> exactly. But that a scroll couldn't come up with. And so I guess the best way would be like something very pop culture focused because like a scroll didn't live on that planet maybe. that if, I, I'm just trying to make this work for them. Um yeah, so it, not a foolproof plan, I don't think. Yeah, I agree. Well, that's all I have. Is that all you have, Lucas? That is it. I liked right. it. I thought it was a good movie. I thought it could have been better. <laughs> Same. I had fun. I'll watch it again. Oh, definitely. Um, I'll definitely watch it again. Yeah. All right. Well, if you want to find us online, Lucas, where can people find you? You can find me everywhere at Lucas and Stuff. And you can find me on all social platforms at Sandra Omstutz. My last name is spelled A-M-S-T-U-T-Z. And you can find our podcast Twitter account at Feeling It Pod. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye now. Goodbye. Go away, Rick. I'll see you soon, okay? That's it? Go home? Yep. Move along, Padre. Goodbye, old friend. That's it. That's our show for tonight, people. 